0: You are listening to Real Relationship Talk, a podcast helping married and pre-married couples build lasting love from above. Got problems? Let's solve them because real trials need real truth. Now it's time to get in the game with your relationship coach and host, Dana Shay. Hey, Real Relationship Talk fam, it's Dana Shea, and I wanted to come on and break out a little bit or a lot bit of our Shameless Sex series that we are in on the podcast because I believe that we need to talk about some breaking news um, that I just learned about that really affects not only this podcast, it affects many of us, many of you who are maybe standing in your marriage, believing God for restoration. And um I was truly heartbroken when I read Lisa Turker's most recent Instagram post where she announced that after nearly 30 years of marriage she and her husband are are deciding to divorce and I I just have the utmost respect for Lisa. Um, For those of y'all who don't know who she is, Lisa Turkers is the founder and creative genius of Proverbs 31 Ministries. Um, I've been to her She Speaks conference in Charlotte. I've written or written, I've read many of her books, done her Bible studies. She is an amazing woman of faith, woman of God, extraordinary leader, and such a gift, not only just to the body of Christ, but to so many women who have found their voice and who have found their purpose and have found their calling through watching her um, her leadership and her example and i remember I remember exactly where I was um the first time that Lisa made public news that she was going to divorce her husband. this was several years ago, and I literally was i, I was stunned I could not believe that this woman who seemed like the model wife and really someone who i would say that i at that point you know ascribed to be like and still do i mean i I don't haven't lost any respect for her at all but i remember sitting there and i remember again hearing you know her and she was very discreet i think she really handled herself in such um an honorable way a classy way when she talked about the real deal, you know, of why she was going to separate from her husband because he had been unfaithful. He had broken their marriage vows. And if you know the story, you know, 2017, around about that time, they were going to reconcile and they actually had a beautiful wedding vow renewal service. And um, as a matter of fact, when I attended She Speaks, Art was there. Her children were there. Like, you know, I'm like cheering them on because I promote and support and believe in marriage restoration. My own marriage has been restored from infidelity. But I'm going to talk today, y'all, real, real raw, um, real honest, because I think that these conversations, unfortunately, a lot of times happen on the back end, and they need to be had on the front end. I think that there are a lot of Christian marriages specifically. And if you're not a Christian, just bear with me. You'll be able to still glean from this information. But I believe that many Christian marriages suffer in silence. I think that somehow we believe that it is valiant. It is worthy. It is more Christ-like for us to just suffer silently um, with a lot of trauma and things that we are going through sometimes we might seek out a counselor or not sometimes we might seek out a pastor or not i cannot tell you the many couples that i have sat with who have said to me we are going to divorce and i'm like you you guys like are you going to even try coaching are you going to try to work this out and they'll say you know we we just don't feel like it's worth it so sometimes when people go to counseling or when they go to coaching or when they uh, they talk to their pastor, sometimes their their mind is already made up. And let me just, for the record, say that I do not know Lisa Turkers personally. And I this is not in any way, any stretch of the imagination, a judgment on her, on her decision. I applaud Lisa. I will be upfront and say that because she could have walked away the first time. She could have. She was biblically within her rights to say, you know what? You have broken our covenant and peace out. But she decided that she was not only going to forgive her husband, because as you all know, there is a difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. But she was not only going to forgive her husband, but that she was also going to give him the benefit of the doubt and walk through a reconciliation with him. And for whatever reason, he decided. That he was going to go back into his old ways. And this is not even a judgment against her husband because I also don't know him and I don't know what promoted that. I have no idea the details. And again, she's been very um, discreet in how she has presented this information, but she has a humongous public platform where she reaches millions and millions of people. And so, of course, she needed to put out a statement and let people know what was going on. And as I read her statement, you know what? It was different. It was different than the first statement that she put out in 2017. I think in 2017 or 2016, whenever it was, um, when she originally said, you know, that they were going to separate, I heard brokenness. Like I could read that, that document that she put, it was a blog at the time that she put up. And I could tell that she was broken. And when I read this post, and I'm going to read it to you. I'm going to read her that words in case you guys haven't read it yet. I didn't hear a broken woman. I heard a woman who was resolute. I heard a woman who was healed. I heard a woman who... Was just not going to continue to allow herself to be treated in a way that is unworthy. And I applaud Lisa for that. I think so often in the church, especially Big C church, people are taught to just stay and pray and just fight it out until you die and, you know, just grin and bear it and it'll be over and, and all of this craziness that really dishonors the covenant of marriage. And I will be the first person to tell you that I believe in second chances and even third chances. I believe that if someone is committed to making a change, I truly do believe that anybody can change. I will always believe that. I will never become pessimistic and cynical to the point where I don't think that someone can change. However, when someone has been given an opportunity for change and they have been graced with a second or third chance or however many chances they've been given, and then they continue to go back into the same repeated cycles, that's a problem. That's a problem. And I don't believe that reconciliation is possible or probable or even a good idea in certain situations. And so I'm going to read to you Lisa's statement. And I want you to listen to this and tell me if you believe that she's also resolute. Okay, so she writes, This past year looked very different than what I thought it would. It's been a year of waiting, listening to God, grieving, and taking some time off to process and heal. So obviously, this is something that they have been dealing with for 2021. This isn't like something that she just found out on New Year's Day. She posted this actually on New Year's Day. So then she continues. She says, as many of you know, three years ago, Art and I renewed our marriage vows after a painful separation. It has crushed my heart to know he has broken those vows. Let me just pause right there and say, I love, first of all, she's an incredible writer, but I love how she puts the responsibility where it lies. Art has chosen to break those vows. That needs to be said, you guys, because so often what we do is we excuse infidelity and we excuse the betrayer right and we'll say things like you know sometimes life doesn't work out the way you want it to and sometimes people grow apart and really what that does is it absolves the person who cheated the person who was unfaithful it it absolves them of their responsibility in the whole matter and so i love that she's not doing that all right so then she continues she says over the past several years I have fought really hard to not just save my marriage, but to survive the devastation of what consistent deception of one spouse does to the other. It is brutal and heart crushing to constantly fear the hurtful choices of someone you love. I've had to learn the hard way. There's a big difference between mistakes, which we all make, and chosen patterns of behavior that dishonor God and the biblical covenant of marriage. Y'all, I wanted to like post that. I want to literally create a quote from the, what she just said and make it a poster. This is so good. It is so right. It is so right. So often we feel guilty for keeping people accountable for the decisions that they've made, and we can't do that. Because when we do that, when we absolve people of their responsibility, when we dumb down their decisions, then what happens is we enable them to continue in hurtful patterns of behavior that not only hurt them, but then hurt us and our children and other people. This is so good. All right, so she continues. She says, I now believe the wisest and hardest choice I can make is to stop fighting to save my marriage of 29 years and instead... Accept reality now I'm gonna tell y'all when I read that, I had to just pause and like wipe a tear because I I get it, I get it. There are times in our lives that we want so desperately for something to be so. We want to believe with everything that we've got that it is a certain way. but then there comes a point in time when if things don't change, we have to accept reality. It is what it is. And this might not be a marriage situation. This might be like, I remember in uh, 2008, when my best friend Sharika passed away of breast cancer, I wanted so desperately and I prayed and we did all the things, right? And we believed and we believed and we prayed and we stood and we had people, we did all the things that the Bible said to do. But at the end of the day, when she passed away, it was time to accept reality that's when I accepted reality, when it was literally all said and done. I mean, all the signs were there. And and, and I know my family and friends probably thought I was crazy because they're like, Dana, she's literally in hospice. She's not eating. All the signs are there. But I was holding on to faith. And this is kind of what I think kind of triggered me a little bit when I was reading Lisa's post is that she's tried, she's done everything that she can do. But now comes the point, where she has to face reality. She continues and says, while there is clear biblical justification for my decision to end this marriage, I am choosing to hold most of the details private out of respect for our children and grandchildren and to give space and privacy for my family and me to continue to heal. It's hard to face a future that looks nothing like what I desperately and constantly prayed it would look like. I don't like this reality. But the truth is, relationship restoration doesn't always work. I've cried and I've grieved over this and I've waited years hoping this wouldn't be our story. But even when restoration doesn't work, forgiveness always does. Oh my goodness. Really? You want to talk about strength? This is strength. Even when reconciliation isn't possible, forgiveness always is. Forgiveness always works. She says, I've never been more grateful for the healing redemption that God has done in my heart through the power of forgiveness. Bitterness and resentment could be eating me alive, but miraculously, that's not where I'm at. With time, prayer, and lots of counseling, my heart is healing. Sometimes the culmination of all our efforts and the answer to our prayers is that God restores us in relationships. And sometimes he rescues us out of relationships. I don't understand why circumstances sometimes go the way my story is now going. But I'm standing firm in my faith and trusting God with every step. My family and I treasure your prayers and your compassion. And I just want to pray for Lisa. Like, I prayed for her after I read this. And I'm just proud of her. I'm proud of her for the many women who have found themselves in similar situations who have been too afraid. Let's just be real. Sometimes it's not spirituality that keeps us in these marriages. Sometimes it's fear. Sometimes it's fear of judgment. What are people going to say about me? What are they going to think about me? Sometimes it's fear of failure. What am I going to do on my own? They've been married for 29 years. Lisa's 52, so that means they got married and she was about 22, 23 years old. She's never really been on her own. So there could be a fear of failure that some women feel. There could be fear of loss. That's a long time. She's been married more than half her life. As a matter of fact, she's been married longer than the age that she was when she got married. That's a lot of time to invest in someone. And so sometimes women stay too long. They stay in relationships because they're afraid of failure. They're afraid of rejection. They're afraid of judgment. They're afraid of getting back out there in the dating scene, right? And and I get all of that. And I empathize with all of those reasons. But sometimes those fears are masked by super spirituality. They're masked by, you know, well, the Lord hasn't released me yet. When the truth of the matter is God did release you, but you're afraid to go. Now, I am not advocating for women leaving their marriages. This is not the purpose of this episode. But what I am advocating for is us being honest with where we are and us learning that our relationship with God is not dependent on our choices to stay or to leave broken, crazy marriages, okay? When you have been betrayed, when your spouse has broken the marriage vow, that is not okay. It is not a small matter. We have done episode after episode on this podcast about infidelity. It's my story, Sean and I have walked through that, and y'all if I'm being real and honest these these posts scare they scare me because I know that There is nothing new under the sun and the heart is deceitfully wicked above all things who can know it. I wrote a post on Facebook not too long ago about Megan Good and Devon Franklin and their divorce. And again, no judgment, no shame, um, no shade. I'm not that kind of a person. But when I hear about these long-standing marriages, and they had only been married for nine years, it's not like a whole long uh, amount of time, but even still, they have been very, very vocal publicly to their millions of followers, right, about their faith and about their marriage and things like that. And when I see these couples, whether they be public or even lesser known couples, but they've been married for a very long time and they divorce because of infidelity, it puts a fear of God in me. Because I know that it could happen to me. It could happen to you. And so I am not one to be stuck in fear or to become a pessimist or, like I said earlier, to become cynical. I believe in marriage. I believe in it. I believe that marriage is God's tool to exemplify to the world his true nature. I mean, he describes himself in the Bible as a groom coming back for a bride. The church, his people, his beloved. And I know that that's why the enemy has such an attack on marriages. I get it, I get it. But y'all, we have got to stop co-signing with the enemy. I am so tired of husbands or wives or whoever saying things like, well, you know, you know, it was just the enemy. You know, the devil got me. And no, like you made some choices. And I'm talking to the spouse who has betrayed their spouse, not talking to the betrayed spouse, right? It's time that we take responsibility for our actions. It's time that we stop taking responsibility for other people's actions. If you are someone who is in a toxic marriage Your spouse is constantly cheating on you. Your spouse is constantly breaking the vows that they gave to you at your wedding day that they took before you, God, and the witnesses that you had there. It's time that maybe you open your eyes to really what's going on. There's several couples I could literally probably mention. My name, many of you would know some of them, who also in 2021 marriages ended 2020 lots of marriages ended some people say oh it was the pandemic people weren't used to being around each other for for that long no mm the pandemic didn't cause anybody's divorce the pandemic just simply revealed what was already going on it was already disconnected it was already broken it was already toxic and maybe the pandemic just highlighted that i just really want us believers the christian community to start being real and to start being honest about where we really are. And I talked a little bit about having these conversations proactively. What does that look like? It looks like if we're truly going to be a community of faith that holds each other accountable, it looks like holding somebody accountable when you see them flirting with somebody. They don't have to be in a full grown affair. Affairs don't happen overnight, y'all know that. It takes a minute for them to develop. And there's some times that we see stuff happening and we just look the other way or we just roll our eyes or we go, you know what, they're just like that. I wonder how many marriages might be saved if we would just say, hey, what what are you doing? That's not your wife. That's not your husband. Like if we really held each other accountable and we were willing to be held accountable, I wonder how many marriages could be saved. I wonder how many marriages could be saved if husbands and wives really had honest conversations about their unmet needs instead of masking their unmet needs. When one spouse feels like they're getting the short end of the stick, that they can go to their spouse not complaining, but to say, hey, I'm really feeling vulnerable. I've had conversations with Sean where I've told him, "Like, I'm really feeling vulnerable right now. Now, I'm not going to go out here and do anything God willing, but I'm feeling vulnerable right now. How many of us are willing to say that to our spouses? How many of us are willing to have conversations about our losses and our disappointments to our spouses? Not after the big thing has happened, but when the smaller things are happening. When we feel like we're not getting the affection that we need, or we feel like we're not being cherished, or like if Sean and I are in a conversation and he's on his phone, I'll stop talking to him. I'm sorry. The phone must be more important right now. Now, some people will be like, oh my God, listen, I'm important. I'm your spouse. And you're important to me. I will give you my undivided attention. So if you're not willing to give me yours, I'm not going to compete with that phone." how many of us are willing to truly be held accountable for our actions? How many of us are willing to hold our own selves accountable and be responsible for our choices? You see, it is never somebody else's problem for what you have going on in here. This is why I cannot stand When people do not take responsibility for their actions, we have four kids. And if there is one thing my kids will tell you about me, I make them take responsibility for their actions. If you didn't get a good grade on that paper, it's not because your teacher didn't like you. It's not because you stayed up too late. It's because you did not study. It is because you did not apply yourself and get the grades that you're capable of getting period. Now, that's not putting them down. That's not telling them that they can never rise above their mistake, but it is showing them that we must take responsibility. For our actions. And so many parents do not teach their children this. So many parents want to call the school and call the teacher and blame everybody else and think that they're doing their kids a favor when really what you're doing is teaching your child how to absolve their responsibility, put it on somebody else, and then they're going to grow up and become some cheating spouse who won't take responsibility for their own actions. And I can't stand it. Now, Art, I don't know Art Turkhurst, but Art sounds like someone who is very broken and who has subjected himself to cycles of repeated behavior that has caused a lot of devastation to a lot of people. And God have mercy on him. God have mercy on him. But I think that Lisa is making the wise choice to say, you know what? I love you. I am not going to have toxicity or unforgiveness in my heart, which is what unforgiveness will do. It will turn you toxic. This is why we can't afford unforgiveness. But she's saying, I can't afford all that, but I also can't afford to stay in this. And Christian women especially, that is okay. That is okay. And so... If you have never heard from anybody else to tell you that you deserve to be in a fruitful, healthy, loving, safe marriage, please hear it from me. You deserve that. You deserve it. It is not honoring God for you to continue to stay in a marriage where there is excessive adultery, where there is a constant breaking of marriage vows. Now, everybody has to hit their low point or their breaking point or their aha moment, whatever you want to call it. Everybody has to hit that at some different point. I get that. And for some of you who are listening right now, you might feel like I'm not there yet. I still haven't been released. And I'm just going to pray that God would open your eyes to what you need to do. Am I saying that every single marriage that has gone through infidelity should end in divorce? I hope you know that is not my heart. That's not even my story, y'all. But I've told Sean, and I'm just going to go on the record and say it. And I've told my pastor this. After the hell that I walked through with infidelity, I'll be doggone if I'm going through all of that again. It served its purpose. I grew from it. I learned from it. God used it. He didn't cause it, but he used it. I will not go through that again. And I say that with the utmost fear of God in my heart because none of us knows what we or our spouses are capable of truly. And so I walk this road of restoration with humility. I walk it with humility and I walk it with gratitude and a lot of prayer. A lot of prayer. If you're watching this on YouTube or you're listening to this and you're maybe considering cheating on your spouse, maybe you've involved yourself in an affair or you are very dangerously close to it, can you just stop? Can you just stop? What you are about to put your spouse and family through is not worth the little thrill that you think you're about to have. It's not worth it. So I just want to end this by praying. I just feel like there are some people who are watching and listening who are stuck because of some really, really damaging teaching that you need to stay in that. And I just want to pray God's grace on you He's the one who will lead you and guide you. So Father, I thank you, Lord, for, I just thank you for Lisa. I thank you for her example. I thank you for your great grace that is on her life. I thank you, God, for the example that she has lived for so many, not only women, but for men. God, I do pray mercy for her husband. I pray, God, that you would turn his heart that, Lord, you would convict his heart, God, that this man would turn to you, fully, completely surrender to you. I pray, oh God, that he would be able to restore not the marriage, but possibly just the dignity of the relationship that they once had, even before they got married. God, I pray for their children and their grandchildren and all who have been affected by this news. And I don't only pray for the Turk or Cis Lord, but I pray for every other marriage who's represented by those who are listening today. God, people who have walked through the painful, painful journey of infidelity and those who are walking it now, those who are listening and wondering, is today the day that I need to leave? Is today the day that I need to say enough is enough? God, I pray that you would give that person strength. I pray, God, that you by your Holy Spirit would give them wisdom, that you would show them which way they are to take, that you would tell them when to go and where to go, and that you would give them the faith to know that you will be the one to make their path straight. You will be the one to supply all of their needs. You are going to be the one that will hold them up. Father, would you give them your peace? I come against fear. I come against religiosity. I come against just um, masking their pain and calling it something else, Lord. I pray, oh Lord, that we will become real with ourselves, that we will become real with our spouses, that we will become real with you and allow you to do your transformative work in our lives. Father, we need you. We cannot do relationships well without you. We are selfish to our core and we need you, God. Lord, I pray for a new spirit of surrender in these marriages, God. I pray, oh Lord, that these marriages would no longer be ravished by infidelity and what our culture says is normative, Lord. We say no. We stand against it, Lord. We stand against it, God. And we declare your kingdom come your will be done in our lives and our marriages as it is in heaven. In Jesus name. Amen. Well, fam, that's it for our episode today. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am, I'm just really grateful for the opportunity that God gives us to be a light in dark places. And I know that many of you have either walked through this and you've also been a light to other people. And I just want to give you some encouragement. I know that when we hear these stories, sometimes it can be really, really discouraging. And we can often wonder, am I next? Am I next? Is this going to happen to me? But I want you to take heart and have hope And let's continue to believe God for the best. Let's continue to cover our marriages and our friends' marriages and our family members' marriages. Let's continue to cover them in prayer because, y'all, Satan is out here busy in these streets, and he is deceiving a lot of folks, and people are falling right into his trap, and we have got to be vigilant against him. So thank you so much for listening. I love you all. I don't have show notes for this podcast because it was literally just me speaking from the heart. Um, But if you want to learn more about Real Relationship Talk, you can head on over to realrelationshiptalk.com. And if you want to hear some of the other podcasts that I've done on Infidelity uh, episode three features Sean and I when we came on the podcast and talked a little bit about our story, Rebuilding Trust, Rebuilding Us. That might be a good one to check out. And just scroll through some of the other podcasts because I think that you're going to find a lot of life here. That's my goal always. And um, hopefully you'll find some encouragement just to steady you on your journey. If your marriage has never been through infidelity, praise the good Lord above and continue to pray that it never will because it is a very, very hurtful thing to walk through. But God is able and so are you. You are able to make it through whatever God gives you the grace to walk through. So that's it for our show today. We will see you back next week where we will continue in our shameless sex series. Take care. Thank you for listening to Real Relationship Talk with Dana Shea. Find the show notes, helpful articles, and more relationship tips at realrelationshiptalk.com. Enjoying the show? Be sure to rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts and remember to subscribe. We'll see you on the next episode.